Slash Tube episode 8. Hello and welcome to Slash Tube, the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. Each member of today's podcast has been given the same movie or TV title, some time to prepare, and has come to the table to pitch their own unique take on that title. We'll be hearing two pitches before the break and one afterwards. After the break, we'll be hearing a special pitch from the dupe. The dupe is the one person at the table who has not been given the title in advance and will have to improvise their idea at the end of the show following everybody else's. Our dupe today is Ryan. How are you feeling about being the dupe, Ryan? Thanks, Sean. I'm very excited as per usual. I can't wait to get in and start pitching. Lovely, yeah, neither can I. Uh, Welcome to Slash Dupe co-host and regular Dan. Without giving anything away, Dan, how are you feeling about today's title? I definitely can't give anything away. That's that's the best bit about this one. I'm great. I'm feeling great. <laughs> Is that because you don't have anything to give away or? Uh, who knows with me, okay? <laughs> um, and our guest today is Rowan. Welcome, Rowan. Um, how are you feeling about your chances today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I feel like I've, I've been doing my homework uh, as far as kind of uh, listening to previous episodes and trying to trying to steer away from treading out, retreading old ground. So, yeah. I don't that know, makes qu- one of us. Quietly confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Rowan, you actually um, commented uh, after we released our first episode, Bob Disposal, you actually gave us your own pitch for Bob Disposal, your own idea. Now, we like... We'll talk about that at the end of the episode because I don't want to confuse basically me um, <laughs> conflating the two ideas because we have a different title today. But like we were really, really um, humbled and, and honoured and privileged that you would uh, that, that we were able to spark something off in someone else's imagination. So there is uh, there is definitely some thematic overlap. Uh, I would say I think um, I think if I were to start making movies, that would definitely be uh, similar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the one thing I'll say. We, <laughs> at the end, at the end, when we go through Bob's pose as well, maybe we can match them you'll, up. You'll spot the thing. You'll, you'll spot my common, uh, my common tropes. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, we haven't talked about who's going to go first either. So, um, Rowan, you were saying beforehand you were easy. Uh, Dan, you do you have a preference? I mean, I don't mind either way, but it really should, we should let our guests go first, shouldn't we? Okay. I'm happy to kick things off. Yeah. All right. It just gives me twenty more minutes to work out what the hell I'm <laughs> going to say. <laughs> well, before that, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Sean, your peerless moderator, and at the end of the episode, I shall be selecting a winning idea to go through to the next heat. What happens with the winning ideas at the end of the season? You'll have to wait until the halfway point of today's episode to find out. So I've been telling a few friends and stuff that I'm doing this recording this Saturday, getting myself all excited for it, and they all ask me the same thing when I tell them the title. Which is, they say, Sean, what is a slash tube? And I say, that's weird, because Sean's not my name. Uh, but I'll make sure I ask him when I'm on. <laughs> well, uh, um, I'm glad you asked, Rowan. Um, a slash tube, and of course, as we all know, nobody actually asks you that. It's just a gag, because everybody knows what a slash tube is. They all know about slash tube, the podcast of already. Course. Yeah. But just in case there's the one or two newcomers that don't know about slash tube. Uh, a slash tube is a rough early version of a film used in post-production. Uh, essentially, it's an unfinished foundation of what a finished film can become, um, which is what we aspire to here on Slash Tube. We aspire to give you... An unfinished product. Yes, <laughs> but, but just the echoes of what a finished product would come out of that. You know, what, what would come out of that? Um, so we'll at least bring you that today. That's our promise here at Slash Tube. Um, but what is our Slash Tube today? Well... I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear the uh, 
the title for today's episode? It is go. Fence. Today's title is a single title, it's the word Fence. Rowan, I would love to hear your idea for Fence. Cool. So fence uh so whenever i'm listening to like these episodes i always find i get an immediate idea as soon as the mm. title's announced I, I often miss the first pitch because i'm too busy thinking about my own genius um <laughs> so of course when i get the email for for this week and i see the movie title i had just three days of nothing I'm like fence the fuck do i do with fence and there's all these kind of obvious imagery that's conjured up. You start thinking about, all right, you know, you could do something super serious and meaningful about, you know, people being divided by boundaries mm. and stuff like that. And I thought, that just ain't me. Uh, so I decided to go a little bit left of field. So I'm going to sort of read from the, the wonderful dictionary of Google mm. uh, for an alternate definition of fence. So verb, informal, to buy or sell stolen goods. So my idea is that in a heist movie, you always see the buildup in the story uh, of, of these guys, these you know, super criminals and how they obtain something super valuable, whether it's, you know, artwork, yeah. gemstones, the Ocean's Eleven type thing. But you never get to see the other side of it, which is, hey, you've got to get rid of that. Or otherwise, you've just got a really valuable painting kicking around your living room. So I was thinking, could you have a heist movie in reverse, where instead of uh, the goal being to obtain something, the goal is to get rid of it? And even more than that, what if these people have literally no criminal experience whatsoever? So the setup <laughs> right. I'm thinking of, someone buys a house. Uh, this guy, you know, he's looking for a, a new start, maybe, or it's just somewhere to move, somewhere to live. And he wants a bit of a fixer-upper, so he moves in and he's doing doing some renovations. Now, unbeknownst to him, this house he's purchased used, was owned by some super thief, you know, some globe-trotting, you know, mm -hmm. world-renowned thief who over his, over his years, you know, stole millions of dollars of artwork or, or things, something like that. And whilst he's doing renovations, he stumbles across this cache of stolen, incredibly valuable artwork, like real, real top-level stuff, millions and millions of dollars worth. And rather than sort of doing what any of us sensible, honest people would do and reporting it to the, the police or at the very, very least the real estate agent you bought the house off, uh, he somehow arrives at the conclusion that this is his chance. Uh, and what he is going to do is, despite having no connections in the art world, let alone the underworld of selling stolen art, that that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to fence this artwork, uh, make millions, and then just kick back and live a life of luxury for the rest of his days. <laughs> I feel like he definitely needs to involve friends. So there's going to be a crew involved here because, you know, you can't do these sort of things alone. Uh, and definitely that sort of bumbling incompetence kind of thing. Like I've got pictures of them going to an art auction and really conspicuously asking people about, oh, how would someone even try to sell stolen artwork? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, just, just interested, curious. Yeah, yeah, um, for a friend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and definitely getting in way over their head uh, when they have that sort of crystallizing moment of, no, this is enough money that someone would literally kill us for it. Uh, but by that point, they're just committed. Uh, I definitely like the idea of them accidentally promising to sell the entire collection to more than one kingpin uh, or kind of underworld you know, figure, and then they have to sort of play them off against each other. Um, and I do like the idea of them being successful in some way. Uh, I don't want the whole thing necessarily to go completely tits up because I think there's a certain, uh, for me, there's a certain comedy in people succeeding in spite of their obvious incompetence. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Just that, yeah, it's the, 
it's almost like the Mr. Bean factor of like nothing in his life should work, but somehow it all comes up gravy. Uh, so I definitely like that idea. I haven't really thought so much about the makeup of the group. Uh, I think you could have a lot of fun with that as far as the, you know, the, the characters involved. Um, and so in terms of style, are we going Mr. Bean style? Like, no, no, so less sort of lock stock, two smoking barrels style and more sort of um, like, my th- my bumbling, the, like the bumbling sort of comedy side of things. The way I, the way I phrased it when I was discussing this with, uh, with my fiance was uh, think Guy Ritchie meets Will Ferrell. Um, so, <laughs> what a yeah, meeting that would be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, make no sense whatsoever, but definitely elements of that, that kind of, yeah, yeah. The, the lock, stock and snatch style, that mm-hmm. a, like a gritty kind of feel to it, but with that sort of uh, absurd edge to it where mm-hmm. everyone- And characters in, that don't fit in with that yeah, gritty style. Definitely. So like they're every, normal people. In everyone in that movie is taking themselves seriously, uh, despite- there literally being no reason to. Um, mm. I definitely like the idea of the these criminals that they're selling them to, uh, to be absolute dead set terrifying figures, like yeah. proper people yeah, that you yeah. would not Real fuck brutal with. Characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I also like the idea, the idea of that kind of you know straight man in a ludicrous situation. Like uh, mm. I always come back to like Mark Strong when you see him in a comedic role because he's such a you know mm. hard ass kind of guy. And then the, it's the situation that provides the comedy more than necessarily, uh, you know, the, the hilarious dialogue uh, all the time. Mm. So definitely mm. a lot of, yeah, situational comedy is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so they're buying this house off of like a super thief, right? Mm. So what kind of, what, what price range is that? Yeah, is, I mean, what is kind of people the Riviera? Are is it yeah. like this penthouse? What's, you know, what sort of, because that's what I'm Because imagining. that, that mm. creates the, the, the person that's buying, the people that we're looking at, mm. right? I'm thinking it's a it's an accidental kind of thing, like it's a almost a, a safe house. So not necessarily where the thief lived. It just right. happened to be a property that he owned, and he was using it as a stash for this Ooh. stuff when he suddenly dropped right, it. Right. What what about what about like the the safe house is so like let's say the master criminal gets caught, um, and they go to jail, and then so then all of their um, not possessions, but like all of their capitals, like their houses, all their property. Gets, you know, the property gets like sold to the state seized, and then the it? state gets yeah. seized and then the state sell mm. it off. And that's where this guy is like, oh, I know I'll, I'll get a fixer up from auction. And nice. Ah. that's where, mm. that's how he gets the house. Yep. And then obviously said, so discovers, how about this, like, how about this master thief who, listen, I, I don't know if you agree with this, Rowan, but I'm going to say it's Helen Mirren. All right. I'm just going to go. De- yep. Why you, not? It, Right? Does that work for you? Because that's what Absolutely. I'm thinking. I think uh, right? I, I hadn't even thought of the Master Thief being involved because I'm thinking the setup for me is that he's out of the picture mm, or he or she yeah. is out of the picture. So so we're saying that they've like faked their well, death. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was thinking. So they, so they fake their death and then because the only way that these people can succeed uh, if they're bumbling and, and, you know, you want to see them yeah. winning so until Ryan, they lose, right? I Ryan think that's the like challenge. He's having... Um, Ryan looks like he's having an aneurysm. <laughs> no, no, I think I've just got I think I've just got the 200 IQ play on this, right? So, as we said this person maybe the master thief couldn't actually move this stuff because it was so hot. So, they fake as you said they fake it or they get arrested or whatever yeah, so yeah. that these yeah. bumbling idiots can make it look like can can, can be fencing it off but they're actually so they're fencing it to people that they're gonna then get it from or or something like that and like they're using these how they get away with it because they've got an effective guardian angel 
Yes. Yeah, kind of like pulling run, them out. Running of the... interference. Like, yeah. And yeah. So at the end, he, he pulls the master con, right? Or she, she. Helen Mirren, she pulls yep. the master con and, and takes the, the money from them. Yeah, I but think. But maybe leaves yeah. them something. <laughs> You know, maybe not the house. Maybe they just, leave the house just enough to cover expense, expenses you know? or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> expenses. Yeah. So my old one of my one of the old housemates I had um, worked at a law firm, and when he was looking for a job, there's loads of jobs for like lawyers to work in the Cayman Islands for like very obvious reasons. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe what they Don't do what is they, they like they think about this and they're like, oh well, if we're going to start fencing stuff, we need an account, and they so they put put all their money offshore in like the Cayman Islands, and then at the end of it, when they're like, I oh, try to withdraw it this person doesn't exist and it's been that master thief all along like on the phone like setting up the account for them and all that stuff and it's actually just been the master so you sell all this stuff i'm just imagining now like helen mirren doing like some really like bad impression of a cayman island (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey maybe she is the real estate agent at the start that sells them the property and she's just a smoke screen and you you never want to turn and you don't see her again until the end exactly you just see all the interference has been running so then what happens so, to the house? Because I want to know, like, if they succeed or not succeed based on how you feel like they should come out at the end, what happens to this property? That's the one thing I'm thinking I, of. I kind of like the the idea of a, like, it, and I don't know how we would even build up to this or execute this, but basically the house either blows up or burns down. Right. Uh, and, and you've got, because you know how, like, at the end of Ocean's Eleven, you've got that scene where they're standing around uh, the fountain. Yeah. And you've got the moody yeah. music's being played. And instead yeah. it's just these, you know, five or six incompetent morons standing in front of their burning yeah. house going like, the fuck just happens? Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it like None burns of this away. Was fun. Maybe the house burns away, and there's like a like a secret hatch in the floor that like they didn't yes. discover the first time they yeah. renovations. Yeah. And then they so just like, take one look at it and just go, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love Not it. again. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, just- so these people, who are they? Like, um. Because is it like a, a lads, 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 lads sort of five or six gents yeah, with a mad dog's tone or something? Yeah, you know? I think that's or where I, it, that's where I initially went to. Mm. But I, th- I think. But do you think like twenty twenty? It's like he's got his ex girlfriend involved, or it's a she again, yeah. or where they got couples? They got their brother and his wife. Or, I thought the you know I thought I mean? the lads, lads, lads bit was maybe a bit obvious. And then the other idea mm. I had was you have like couples around for you know multiple like you know couples nights. So you have like mm. Uh, mm. so it's a couple who've bought this house and to celebrate oh, you know, yeah, their first day or they're kicking off the renovations they invite around yeah, yeah. You know, a few of their friends so you have like two or three couples involved and then you can play into you know really tense situations and they're having an argument over just yeah, petty yeah, mundane yeah. shit yeah. Like yeah. they're going to be you murdered, know, but they're still yeah. arguing about like. You know, you know I'm dishes. lactose intolerant. Why the hell did you make cheese sandwiches for this heist? Yeah. Do you know that yeah. kind of stuff? They're, they're sitting in a car or like a confined space, and it's you know you can just play the absolute childish fart joke of like you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah they're sure. literally about to I be think murdered. They're just having a go at it. Yeah, yeah. They Three married also... couples like all exploring like the different stages of their marriage as well, right? Like a couple yeah, just yeah, that together. would be good. Couple have been together a couple of years, you know, it's just waning, and then yeah. you know the old screws, you know. It should be yeah. like, why, you know, why aren't you going to pair up with those guys? Well, because they beat us in the last game night, and I don't trust them yeah. anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're not yeah, a good yeah. bridge pair. Yeah, 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 yeah they start, yeah, yeah. They like, start like, suspecting each other along the way that one of them is yeah, going to try and make great. off with all the money. Yeah, like, yeah. They're in the- they're in the housewarming is they're like oh this used to belong to a master thief could you imagine if there was some kind of and like their arm goes through a wall and there's there's the artwork yeah, there's, there's, there's the, the full cache of artwork yeah just yeah, this yeah. like little top of a rembrandt just pokes out and it's just like oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you have to play, and you have to play on that for the for the posters right you have to have some sort of dinner yeah. party thing or something you know like, oh yeah. definitely but yeah sh- should there be 11 of them 
So like it's Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and then do you have like the heist montage? But ev- and there's explain the plan. But yeah. every time we see <laughs> yeah, the bit of the plan, yeah. they go wrong. You know, like yeah, yeah. Oh, we, you sneak round the back, uh, Barry, and then he gets his fingers trapped in the door. <laughs> yeah, and we see yeah. it all Definitely. Like, at no point are they to appear even remotely competent. Yeah. At what they do, it <laughs> yeah. should definitely be people, yeah, succeeding in spite of uh, yeah. of, of of what they what they're, they're able to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like and like really dumb shit. Like uh, like one of them, the first thing they do is Google's how to sell stolen artwork yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. stuff free like grabs a laptop throws it out the window it's like the fucking FBI yeah. will be honest for that man like, yeah. Yeah. well they start watching heist movies to have ideas on how to do this and like, yeah, they, yeah they, they come they, to the they conclusion can't be as cool as- it's like what but we they, need is they- a really handsome man yeah exactly <laughs> they pick up on the wrong thing so they all get yeah. suits and they all go yeah. to like flashy places to chat like they, they pick up on all the wrong months. parts of the heist movie first three yeah. months is just getting the outfit sorted yeah. <laughs> so right now we're in meanwhile helen mirren's getting more and more frustrated in the background yes exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> Would it, would it be one of those films <laughs> where where you could go back and watch it, and Helen Mirren would actually be in the background of every single one yes, of those scenes? I love it. And love then it. Like, in really bad disguises. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. just like just far off enough that you like can't notice her. Um, mm. Like Unless if you, you were focus on it, but she's always. And then mm. so one of those things on the like the internet, like ten things you didn't know about fence, and it's yeah, like that yeah. would be one of the things. Helen Mirren is actually in every single shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just had the idea of like the I took the whole idea of them focusing on the wrong things. Like you have a situation because yeah. one of the gags I always loved in um, I think it was Ocean's Thirteen was Matt Damon with the nose, mm. and it was just like a completely unnecessary prop. And I like the idea of them going into a situation and one of them deciding they have to use an accent. And like the person they're with just going, what the f- why are you using an accent? He says, so, so they don't know who I am. It's like, they don't know who you are anyway. Who anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so is this like a, a one and done? Like they walk off at the end. You said that the house burns down and they're like, nah. Yeah. So I, when I was, again, when I was discussing this with my fiance, she, I think she hit the nail on, on the head as far as, part of like what the tone would be, which is mm. the idea of the hangover. And I think there's, you know, if you kind of mm. inject elements mm. of that in there. And I think from a sequel's point of view, absolutely, in that you would have one original movie that was praised for being at least an original idea, well executed, lots of laughs, and then you just have two or three absolutely atrocious sequels that just <laughs> completely <laughs> failure fail to recapture the uh, you know the the what what it was that made the first one enjoyable. Because I think yeah. how do you how do you have them get back? It would have to be so contrived like for them to get like back into it. It would be like a reverse reverse fence. So you'd have like fence so they're the buyers, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second yeah. one. Oh, they're the yeah. buyers, and then they they or oh, they take on the Helen Mirren role because now yes. that now they're experienced uh, experienced stolen art fences. Oh, like yeah. a whole cul de sac, like a whole cul de sac. They they pose as realtors. The, the realtors, realtors exactly for a whole cul de sac and get the entire <laughs> place involved. Absolutely, like yeah. some awful suburban pyramid scheme, and yeah. it just becomes an excuse to shoehorn really bad celebrity cameos in there. Yes, <laughs> Henry Rollins. Why am I thinking Henry Rollins? I just feel like he has to be in it, right? Well, no, I think I think Vinnie Jones would have to make an appearance. Jones, if you, yeah. if you know, basically just you get the cast of Snatch and try and shoehorn everyone from that movie in there somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, Vincent but they're all Castle suburban, as well. like yeah, like, but that's they're really boring lives, characters, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And like Stephen Graham has to be in the first one. There's something about like get Mark Strong, get Stephen Graham, get these actors that would normally—I don't know how you feel about this—but normally mm. play 
sort of dramatic roles and then put them in this absurd world. Stick them right? in the thing. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that would, because I think that would be half the charm of it is that you look at the billing, you could almost like, almost have it so like the marketing completely missells what the movie is. Like have it right. look, you look at the billing, you're like, man, that's really serious business here. Mm, then you yeah. sit down and within the first 20 minutes, you're just like, okay, where are we going <laughs> yeah. now? Like, and that's the con in itself, right? So like the marketing yeah. is the con as well. It tricks yeah. you into watching this movie. Literally everyone gets conned. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll play terribly at the test screenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you think the f- but it will make a lot of money, right? They're, they'll love I think, it. And they'll yeah. keep making them, right? They'll I think it'll be yeah, like you, it's almost your Fast and Furious style thing, mm. where it's mm. critically panned but box office gold, and they yeah. just just keep yeah. churning them out. It's like yeah, and then you get to you know, Fence Three with the 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 three in the E's. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do them. two. Both, uh, both yeah, of them. You'd have Definitely. them both in there. You'd have, well, have them both in there. And then when they eventually get to Fence 33, they've got no idea what to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just, it just all becomes space. a bit of a map. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it ends up being. <laughs> the, I, think, I feel like the third, the third movie, they definitely have to go in space. Uh, yeah. Like they're, they're trying to steal or, or shift stolen moon rocks uh, and they accidentally <laughs> wind up becoming actual astronauts or something. Yeah, that, lost, that's yeah. really lost the plot. And yeah. there's no original cast by then anyway. We've moved no, on no, like it's three just or people four generations. vaguely similar. Like. <laughs> Helen, Mi- Helen Mirren's still in each shot, right? Yes, definitely. So, yeah. it's just fo- it's, even if it's just photos of her in the background. <laughs> They've just you know? CGI'd her in. <laughs> Thanks for that, Rowan. That was um, that was a fantastic idea, um, and it and it's it was a brilliant uh, starting point, and then also seemed to flesh itself out in a completely different dimension. So I'm um, I'm really pleased. It with definitely that. wound up uh, a lot stronger than I thought it was going to. So, <laughs> well, yeah. as long as you don't think it's moved too far away from what you initially liked about it, I think we could legit sell that now. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like, if, I think so too. Yeah, if Sharknado got made, then. Why not fence? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not fence? I love that energy. Exactly. I love that energy. Um, so, Dan, you've got a tall order uh, to, to top that, and you haven't given us too much information about uh, what you have for fence. I haven't given myself too much information <laughs> about it. It's interesting, Ryan, that you said um, that you looked up in the dictionary for an alternative use of the word fence. But yeah. maybe it's because I'm from East London. But when I hear the word fence, that's the first definition of fence, I think. <laughs> and um, so I was thinking, my initial idea was for like a lock, stock, two smoking barrels kind of spin-off. And then I thought, you know what, that's just too... Uh, that for me, that my brain was just... Then I, w- I couldn't go any further. What you did with it was extraordinary. There's no way I could have gone any further. So I moved away from that. And I thought, Ryan's going to come up with an amazing pun, so I can't do any fencing things. <laughs> so I thought, right, let's go for an acronym. And I spent, I spent quite a long time coming up with this ah, one. Ah, that is interesting. So, so I've gone for, FENCE stands for First English Network for Crime Fighting Education. <laughs> and yeah. it's, um, it's going to be, of course, it's going to be another Netflix series because I love Netflix, obviously. It's, it's the next well, it's cinema, really. It's what cinema is now. Um, yeah. And so, in my mind, it's like a English heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not quite Umbrella Academy where they're all in one place. It's a story of disparate. So let's think heroes meets uh, X Files. So each week we kind of have a spotlight on a new hero, which is what Heroes was going to be, wasn't it? We have to see a new hero almost every week. Mm. 
So you have like a, and this is definitively English. So we see it around the regions of England as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so you get that sort of the difference of culture as we go through that. Um, and initially it was going to be a kid's kind of thing. Like, yeah. And so I, I explained this to my wife and she was saying, um, I was like this great idea. First English network for crime fighting education. So it's like a little bit like people get contacted, like through the matrix or whatever they're on the internet and someone tells them they've all got superpowers and someone contacts them. And she's like, are you going to pitch a kid's show? where someone <laughs> contacts them through the internet and tells them they're special. <laughs> and so I said, no, you're all. right. Yeah. We probably do need <laughs> See, to change that idea. those are the you only think about when you have children. I was like, yeah, that sounds yeah. like a great idea. What's wrong with that? Matrix, yeah, you know, cross totally with, like fine. Sky High, Cross with Harry I mean, Potter. If, like, if, you look at, if you look at Overwatch, yeah. the, the game, like um, D.Va is like a 17-year-old who uh, is in the game because she won like esports tournaments and that would effectively yeah. be the same thing right she got pulled like contact well, out of that this could be well, I mean, see these people could prove themselves and then be contacted after they've proven well, themselves that's what i imagine so the opening of each episode is either them discovering their power you know like an origin moment um, a moment of going nova or them doing something that makes them noticeable using their superpower, whatever it might be. Um, and some of them are like high level powers and some of them are like smaller level powers, but still significant. They still make them metahuman. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what they'd be called metahumans rather than superheroes, because I don't really want it to go full superhero. If that mm. makes any sense. Like I like the idea with heroes where they had, some of them had powers that were just, just a little bit extra, but not anything super special. Yeah, yeah, because it's still you and don't want to get into that situation of like the Superman issue where the problem yeah. with Superman is that he can't be beaten. So yes. exactly. So you have to start hurting all his friends, and that's yeah. not. Is, that's not fun. Is everybody going yeah. to be to have some kind of superpower, or or could you have like a an average person that's better? Well, that maybe like, so we've got the Batman version yeah. of things. Because so, it is for crime fighting education. So what, and maybe it's also people that are on the borderline. So the idea is that this person, whoever it is, on the end of the network, is reaching out to find these people that they will then train to, maybe because there's an area that's suffering from some kind of meta-villain type thing. Birmingham, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So who is, and this, so who having is this person reaching out to them? Is well, it, who is well that's or, the thing. Uh, so I, I wondered whether we, we whether we never find that out for a quite a, quite a while. But I was thinking like Letitia Wright would because of the whole Shuri mm -hmm. thing that we got this kind of technology. But her power is that she actually lives inside a machine. Mm -hmm. So she is um, in a coma or she's... Um, otherwise indisposed sort of physically and she has been her subconscious has been sort of transferred into into uh, the internet she's kind of pulling the strings in the background as this sort of virtual yeah. presence because she can't do anything and maybe she's trying to help these people defeat the crime syndicate that put her down or and then we find there's more and more and more to it as so we go, as do we, we have go. like an ongoing antagonist kind of overarching the whole series or is it a different one kind of each episode or is there a bit of both so like, like a sila type thing mm. yeah um i i guess 
I guess to begin with, what we'd want to see is all these individual crimes being fought in different yeah. areas that don't seem to have any kind of connection. Oh, and then you stitch them together later. Much like, again, much like the X-Files, where each one was about a different sort of new creepy thing. But eventually, over time, we saw them build up. And I think mm. it because we would be thinking about that right from the beginning of this series, you could see some of that link. If you knew what to look for, you could go back to episode one go and, back and absolutely see it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea of the, the regional, like, moving around, like, the UK... Because you could kind of play yeah. on that, yeah, like absolutely. quite effectively. And I mean, you know, when was the last time we had a, a superhero, you know, with a with a Leeds accent or something? Yeah, could, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Co yeah. Constantine. Constantine was supposed to have a thick Liverpudlian accent, doesn't he? And that was has mm, not been really. portrayed at all in any of the the renditions of it. I'm glad that the Americans didn't try that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the American audience just hitting subtitles on straight <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, from that, that was that was a real big seller for me because not only is it location driven, mm. so that we get to see all that, but we can you could even film it, you know, sort of DOP style would be would be different. So you'd have mm. sort of different lighting and and different filters and stuff on it, so that it would be and maybe like filmed in a different way. One is filmed almost all handheld, like yeah. it's on a camera, like it's it's like, and then another one that is super slick because maybe it's in a super slick mm. area of the uk do you know what i mean that you, kind of thing you could almost it almost gives you enough license to be quite tonally different between episodes yeah. as well yeah um, yeah which i think is always interesting when you watch I, I go back to um what was the series love sex and robots oh brilliant. um it yeah. was on netflix yeah. where i mean obviously the reason that was so different is that each one was literally a different artist mm. but mm -hmm. and even though they're completely disparate tales there's something common kind of running through it and you could be quite yeah stylistically and tonally different from episode to episode but still have the same mm. kind of guts of what's going on yeah and if you have, yeah kind of smart screen and i'm stitching it together yeah yeah, yeah. that's right have to have a good runners and and then because they're so different it, it, it's effectively like having a different artist the idea is that mm. they're kind of like separate comic books but you read yeah. them in the right order and the but then if season one they'll never come together like it is just like it's just a collection of mm. seeing these crime fighters around the thing that just happened mm. to be contacted by, you know, Charlie of Charlie's Angels, effectively, yeah. isn't it? And so they do all of that, and then as we get to the end of season one, just the, the tick over is that there's a reveal that they might need to, like a save the cheerleader, cheerleader, save the world type thing at the end of season one. That doesn't. That's it. That's the end. Mm. Yeah. And then my dream was as the seasons go by, they start to cross over but only start mm. and that we get a full spider-man into the spider-verse moment where their art styles are somehow put together starting to bleed into each other in each mm -hmm. episode depending on um who's talking to who or which um view point of view would okay. you consider almost having them not play in chronological order uh to give yourself an opportunity to have aspects yeah. of one episode crop up in another but they could be in like quite disparate time frames, and then it's over right. time you start yeah. to converge them together into a single timeline. That's great because that that definitely leads into like the the comic book idea that you read X Men forty three and then Silver Surfer twelve mm. or whatever. And yeah, they all... exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Like, yeah, so and, and then you you wind up with people saying, "No, all right." So once the series comes to its end, they say, all "Right, here's the real order to watch uh, to, watch it, to watch it in." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I watched the machete. I watched Star Wars in the machete order recently. I don't know if like it's, I thought more people would know about this, but it's um, yeah. you take episode four, A New Hope, 
Um, and then you watch five, uh, Empire Strikes Back. After the reveal of Luke, I am your father, or no, I am your father. Spoiler alert. You then go back. So it machetes, spoiler alert. So it machetes out one, because apparently there's nothing in one that you require for the overall story of Star Wars. Um, yep. But then you go two and three. So you go uh, Attack of the Clones, um, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Because you see the rise of Anakin to Vader, and then you go... Uh, and see uh, Return, of, in the end. Return of the Jedi. You see the, the final Do you one. literally stop mid-episode as well then? You don't have to. So you can see till... Because <laughs> it's right at the end of... It is right I'm at your the end. Just cut right off that end. last 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah. There's still a little bit, there's still a little bit right? There's a I think tiny it little falls bit. Into, into a car or something and they drive falls away. Falls into a hole. Yeah. A car. Yeah, a car. Yeah. How many Star space Wars car. have you watched? It's a space car. I mean, in Star Wars, it is a car. Yeah. I am now... I am now bought in that right mm -hmm. so maybe the order is you have to watch the first 20 minutes of episode three <laughs> then the first 20 minutes of episode seven and then go back go it would so be really super this, yeah. clever yeah <laughs> like there's yeah. people in the mcu who like pause it or they'll watch like the end credit sequence of like thor the dark world but then they'll watch and yeah. go back and watch iron man 2 and then they'll watch the end credit sequence of Thor one. Yeah. It's just, you know, it jumps yeah. all over the it, place. It could just be just an Easter egg, like gold mine. You yeah. can just yeah. bury yeah. so much in here. Like just develop this rich lore that you never tell anyone about and rely <laughs> on people to uncover it as they go. Make yeah. it for themselves. Yeah. 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 I I would love to see Shane Meadows like take this on. For the first episode, definitely, because there's something about like when David Yates took on I think it's David Yates. David Yates took on um Harry Potter, he brought this sort of um rural english sort of vibe to it it's sort of the north of england he shot it even the sort of photography was very much and the sort of the way he shot it was very much like sort of um the the, the famous directors of of british past um and sort of had almost like this ken loach vibe and, and i think like to have like shane meadows bring you this like british superhero or you know not superhero sorry but this british sort of um super powered uh, sort mm -hmm. of vibe would be something that I don't think I've seen before. I'm sure it exists, but yeah. I haven't actually seen that. Well, it's also like it, when we think about these metahumans, they're like they're Watchmen style stuff. So some of them can just be crime fighters that have that have got themselves. Or even like we could have a section that's a bit like the boys, where they like they've got a pill or an injection I, that they can give themselves that makes them meta. I for remember a bit. the film Shoot 'Em Up with um, Clive Owen. But in that <laughs> film, he was a he was a Cracker. kid who was mm. a marksman expert, and then because of that, they took him into like the army, and then he went black ops and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And that was like his origin story. He's not some like super soldier, yeah. but he was just good with a gun. It could be something like that, like yeah, a kid so who's like a clay pigeon shooter that's like you know whatever yeah and if that works with sort of the your, your norfolk that when we're in the norfolk broads and we've got that kind of thing going on and, I, and so some are meta so i think there's definitely got to be this idea that underneath there's some kind of conspiracy thing that's going on that's making these mm. meta humans or something overarching yeah, they've got to come from somewhere yeah mm. and that but that each episode is like you're right sean there should be like a a, a series sort of runner maybe sort of overarching plot person but each episode needs to be directed and lit by a whole new team like an, an audio edited by a whole new team i mean it might be expensive but it's like effectively each one is a separate like a pilot show like a in different itself pilot for a different kind of show but yeah around metahumans yeah 
which also allows you in season one to do great analytics and work out which ones are working really well with the audience and which ones yeah. aren't, and then you drop the ones that aren't. So that season two becomes a little bit, you know, more cohesive and then on and onwards and upwards. I'm almost picturing like, I don't know why this popped into my head, but like the Legend of Zelda games, every yeah. single one of them yeah. is, a, is a different entity unto itself in every single way. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much the same story every mm. time. Mm. Yeah, it's go out and and kill the bad guy. But yeah, yeah, you would never sense. you would never accuse it of being the same game. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, because it's got a different. You're right. It's got a different, not just an mm. art style, but a whole different sort of vibe. Even though it hits mm. the mm. same markers as all the others. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely yeah. great reference. Um, so I've got like a whole bunch of like younger British actor actresses that I thought would go in have but i don't know what powers the, they i was gonna say have you got the superpowers for them mm. no so i was thinking maybe you could come up with off the fly with some superpowers. this depends on me knowing what knowing who the actors are <laughs> so hang on so i've got florence Pugh. yes oh my god yes a hundred times yes i mean she's um she of course her career will kick off like immediately i mean it's kicked off obviously but it'll kick mm-hmm. off much more broadly after uh, the release of black widow so we want to grab her yeah. before that right while she's cheap. yeah and also, people are already <laughs> thinking that she's superhuman from that as well, mm. which is really helpful, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, you've got private prior there, super yeah. strength. Yeah, and then like, you think she's super, super strength. strength because she's like because we'll she's a bit that. unassuming, and I think that may be her like thing. You know, like gets chased down an alley, and then she just beats the shit out of some guys. Is she like Jessica Jones strong though? So she like uh, the thing I love about Jessica Jones is that she's super strong, mm. but she she's not super like resistant. So she punches something, it really hurts her. Yeah, yeah. And like she can jump really far, but she's not very good with the landing. There has to be a weakness, yeah. She's really emotionally vulnerable. She's really, really strong. Really, really strong, like Hulk-like, but she's simultaneously like Hulk and Bruce Banner. So she's like completely frail. Mate, your boy from the Umbrella Academy is like that though, with the super strength. Oh really? I haven't seen Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that really how it yeah, is? You really should like be that. watching the Umbrella I've Academy. I've heard good things about you season sh- two. Yeah, people are sort of saying, oh, it's brilliant. So maybe I'll go back and, and rewatch it. Go watch season one because it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my next person is Luke Newton, who okay. was in like Bridgerton, Midsummer, and like he was in The Falling with Maisie Williams, who's going to come up in a minute <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke Newton. Uh, his superpower could be super handsome. <laughs> he is super handsome. Oh, God, he's like know. a little James Dean bad boy, isn't he? Mm, um, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. I'm feeling like something to do with, and this is totally ripping off an X Men, uh, but like something to do with fire. It's got to be flames. Either, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Either, I'm seeing either resistance him and I'm to it, flames. or uh, yeah. yeah. I like. Do you know what? I like that with flames. Not that he can produce them, but that he's just resistant to them. I like that. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so, so he's like the firefighter, and he goes and saves people in firefights. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's what we could have. A, is it too soon to mention we could have like a Grenfell type thing? And but then we could reflect Shane on Shane Meadows. I mean, how, the, who could bring that better than him? Right? That's that. Yeah. Who could do that in in an authentic way that isn't? Yeah, that doesn't seem like it's taken advantage. He could even yeah. have the ultimate ultimate irony that he's like from Glasgow or something where it's always raining, so he never gets a chance to even rescue someone yeah. from a fire. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I thought he could because like he doesn't have an aversion to fire. So that's why he wants to be a firefighter. And then that's mm-hmm. the sort of... He's just not afraid of fire. Mm-hmm. And then he fi- yeah, he finds that... Yeah. I wonder whether on top of this, there's an opportunity to maybe... Is this going too deep in the think that we can address some of the, the big events of Britain over the last 20 years and address them through MetaHuman? Well, I think so we're talking like anchoring the IRA attacks yeah. and stuff like that. Like, mm. I love it. But I love well, it. 
And if you go down that route of having the the episodes happen out of chronological order, yeah. it gives you an immediate way to anchor it to the time period without yeah. having to do any clumsy kind of exposition. That's perfect. Yeah, in absolutely. Superman Returns, I think Sean, you told me about this. In Superman Returns, there's a cut uh -oh. scene where he he flies to the Twin Towers and he sort of has this moment mm -hmm. of like, if I was here, I could have stopped this. I think they cut yeah. that out for that sort of thing because it was i guess it yeah. hurt too many people so that's you know is america as well but that's maybe something uh, with but i like the we maybe not don't address the exact like things yeah. that have happened but they are reflections okay. of the things that happened yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and so we can see yeah. um, and maybe that, that that maybe grenfell had happened and then there's another building that is burning and he gets to do something about it and, and then there's that I mean, that's sort what science fiction does, isn't it? It allows you to examine mm -hmm. sort of, you know, past, present and future of, of humanity through uh, a sort of safe lens. So you can actually mm. look at these difficult events um, in a way that is more palatable. So I, th I, listen, I think mm -hmm. that's a fantastic idea and sort of, yeah, jumping through time and using sort of... I, I, I remember I... I wasn't massively, I mean, I enjoyed Claire Foy a lot, but I wasn't massively into The Crown as a TV series. And a friend of mine was mm -hmm. going, oh, it's just, first of all, it's lies. And second of all, it's imperialist and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and I thought, well, I, I, I tried to sell him on season three because I thought that, because what season three does specifically, and I would even say jump to it if you're interested, because it, it, that's what it does. It tackles um, markers in British history using the Queen as an anchor. So it's a sort of, and it's actually really, really um, done really sort of um, carefully, I think, um, mm -hmm. and cleverly. Mm -hmm. And it moves it away from being about the royal family and, and becomes yeah. about something greater. So I, I think it can work. Yeah. I really love that as an idea. Yeah, and we can also, yeah. we can address sort of the, the, within the regional things, you can address sort of the way different people are feel in the UK or how they are treated in the UK or how they treat others in depending on mm. where you are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what it is. It's kind of a, and comic, all good comic books have always done that, like you say, throughout the years. Mm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Who are the, who are the other actors, Dan? Um, so I've got Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what his superpower would be. It depends if you want to. Uh, there are arguments two and four uh, sort of uh, utilising. Or not superpowered. Yeah. yeah. Or not superpowered. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, because also he and him and Michael Ward, like uh, maybe they're like um, together. Maybe we don't have to do two. You don't have to do one person. Maybe there can be a pair. Mm. Um, so I'll just throw a few of them out. I've he's got the Daniel man in Kalu the chair. He's, he's, you know, because he's intelligent and he understands tech. But not to a, you know, an insane degree. He's the guy who gets mm -hmm. him to the fires and gets him. You know, he's on the he's because he you'll need that, wouldn't you? He, he's the he's the guy who gets him there, but always worries that maybe this time he's not going to be fireproof. You know, who knows how long these things last? Who knows how mm -hmm. these things come about? So he's like a concerned yeah. friend, or even um, a potential love interest for him. You know, if you something yeah. like that. And maybe that, or maybe their power is that they they don't have they they're two friends or something, but they don't have a power until they're together. So you don't you don't oh, really yeah. see that. As like they, they're only they're yeah. only strong when they're together. And then we a can also look at how obviously. just about to say yeah. that it's <laughs> a reverse, reverse handcock. Hand. Yeah, you know the old so, reverse handcock. That would oh, wait, that's something else. <laughs> that sounds that sounds unnecessarily sexual. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I've then I've got the uh, not the obvious is, mm. but I've got Maisie Williams mm. and Millie Bobby Brown. Mm. Um, 
And I've got Azza Butterfield. Is that how you pronounce it? Is it Asa? Asa, 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 I, Asa? I would have said Asa, but I think they've heard Asa, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, great choice. So I've got like a lot of really sort of younger, yeah, yeah. I say younger because I'm older, <laughs> but up and coming British. And I, again, I know I've done this a couple of times, but I really want to focus on the British next because we've got a lot of American comics mm -hmm. that go on, a lot of yeah. sort of the, and, and we don't see as many. And I or, do or read rather, some. they do Americanize them, don't they? So, like, there are some. Yeah. I mean, I would say probably the world's greatest, um, arguably, happy to argue in the comments, the world's greatest uh, comic book authors are British. Um, but when they're co-opted into American stories or their their work is adapted, it's adapted into into American sort of palatable mm -hmm. sort of sort of uh, remit. So uh, rather than British. So yeah, I, I think it's a good chance yeah. to see that on screen. Yeah. And it's sort of the heart. It's, it's not like you don't, you have the four colour superheroes and then you have the American dark sort of anti-heroes. But these are like people in the middle. These are just mm. people mm. that are trying to get on mm. and they do good things because it's right to do or because yeah. they feel right. To, or maybe they don't do good things because they don't, they haven't been brought up and they, they feel bad for not doing yeah. that and change their minds. You, you could even play on the idea of someone who feels obliged to do good things because they have this gift, but they yeah. actually mm. have no real motivation. And it's kind of, it's done out of a sense of sort of begrudging obligation. And they sort of quietly resent the people that they've helped yeah. For, yeah. for making them. <laughs> That's great. You know, I, I like the idea of them because the thing, the issue I always have, not so much an issue, but the thing with superheroes is that you want them to be flawed because that's what makes them relatable. Mm. And yeah. You know, it's kind of acknowledged that these are just regular people and they're going to mm. have some ugly feelings mm. about themselves and kind of just throw that all open Definitely. Uh, rather yeah. than yeah. trying to paint them as, as you know, unassailable. And I, th I think yeah. with these sort of minor powers rather than major powers, they're, they're always at risk. So there's mm. always... It's not like they can walk away from a flight. So you know, a lot of the comics... And, and it's addressed in The Boys, isn't it? Where, like, you, superheroes can get knocked 10... 10 blocks into a into a skyscraper and like get up again but yeah. if these guys get hit by a car that's them done mm. yeah. so they have to be careful now he might not be able to get burnt by fire but if the building collapses on him he's done he's still crushed you know yeah, yeah. so and i think and they're, they're going to be fighting crimes that are normal crimes as well maybe not like super villainous yet in season one mm. well it comes down to anyway. that idea of um remember seeing a quote ages back from George R.R. R. Martin about the writing the, the Song of Ice and Fire books. And someone asked him about why are you, why do you kill so many of the characters? And he said, well, you're reading a book and it's the same as you're watching a TV show and you've got the plot armor around that character and you never feel like they're at risk because they're the main character and you want that threat to be real and apparent. Mm. He's like, so if I kill a few main characters, you know that no one's safe. Mm. And I think yeah. you kind of want that element of that in this show. Like you might have an episode where so at the end of it one maybe of this killed. is a bbc mm. drama because they did that with spooks didn't they my favorite mm. thing about spooks mm. it's an amazing series because no one was safe mm. Mm. and so it meant as soon as they went on even a vaguely like slightly perilous mission you would genuinely wet yourself mm. that these could be <laughs> you've got to have stakes like there's got to yeah. be stakes yeah. in there yeah, yeah. especially so maybe when we do see younger people right Sorry, Dan, go on. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go, 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 go. Well, especially when you're dealing with younger people because um, the, the, their villains are much... They're both broader and smaller. So their villains are 
the uh, socio-economic group that they're born into, right? Like the schools mm. they go to, you know, they're, they're not able to to get to. There's less, for example, in Britain as well. There's less social mobility than in places, for example, like China. Um, so uh, y- y- people are. Lo- there's still a, the echoes of the class system um, that has been warped and changed. So those are the villains, and the villains are there every day as as youngsters as well. It's the mm-hmm. minutiae, and their superpowers can almost be how you combat a bully at school. You don't knock his teeth out. The powers do something else. The powers are maybe as small as the anxiety of having to finish homework when you're dyslexic, but you don't, but you haven't been diagnosed. Or you know, if we're going like yeah. small, you could do that, yeah. and that could be a couple of episodes, as well as going broad yeah. with fighting fires and stuff like that. Well, absolutely, and I think we we see, and some of those some of those episodes just end. Mm. So mm. it doesn't always have to be death, but we we see the end of that, and we never see that character again, mm. and that's that's okay because we've got a bigger story to tell yeah i think it's the it's that kind of layered approach to particularly if we're you know if we're jumping around in time frames and we're jumping around geographically it's not so much whilst it is a character show in that the characters are important but they're important for that episode and for that moment in time but overall Mm -hmm. it's very much about the themes and Mm. the characters Mm. in the show are just facilitating that discussion about the themes Mm. Yeah. Which is a great analogy for our lives, isn't it? We're all the protagonists of our own stories, but you take a step away and we're just a peripheral character in someone else's. So we've heard two fantastic pitches, one from Rowan, uh, one from Dan. And before we listen to the dupe, I want to... Who's Ryan today? Before that, I'd like to just throw it to Dan to uh, tell us what's going to happen to the winning idea I pick at the end of the episode. So the winning idea at the end of the episode goes into a pot of six. At the end of six, we break that down to one via an adjudicator heat. At the end of the season, we take the winning four, we add two wild cards that you the audience will vote for and we turn that into the last six of which there can be only one <laughs> and we're also considering at this point i mean if we get any fantastic ideas from the audience if if you interact with our facebook page uh, our twitter and our instagram at slash dupe our audience should vote on an idea that goes in as a wild card maybe something we missed maybe something that was robbed um but the final wild card to make it up to six that should be an audience idea. And that should be something that comes in from them onto uh, our Twitter, Instagram, our Reddit, uh, or our Facebook. Um, and we will consider fleshing out that idea and putting that through the wild card. Because um, otherwise it's just, uh, it's just Sean's greatest hits, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Rowan, because we'll talk about Bob Disposal later on. That's, that's a contender for wild card. So... So we'll uh, we'll discuss that later on. But before that, two in the running. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) Um, Ryan, you're the dupe. I'd I'd love to hear your idea for fence. Absolutely, thank you very much. It's the first thing I thought of. Obviously, very much as we all thought, like a Ray Donovan style show about fence, about a fence. Then the next thing I thought about was fencing. You know, about we could we could talk about that. Then the other idea I had was maybe something to do with people in like a suburban area um, with the, like overlooking each other's fences and being jealous of the sort of things that they thought. And then I came up with something that's completely right field, some might say. Um, <laughs> right And field. I've gone for maybe, so, so it would be a 
concentration camp escape film. Oh, just going in there light, Ryan. Just, yeah. just going in, going well, for, the, I figured for the lighter all, all subject my, matter. All my other pictures have been relatively light and happy. I mean, there was and euthanasia in what, The disposal. one about euthanasia. <laughs> 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 well, look, the one about euthanasia won, so I think maybe I'll, maybe that's <laughs> oh, the magic that I'm going right, to relive. Okay, um, fair enough. So I, the concentration camp would be called The Fence. Okay. And it's just, when you get, when they're led into it, it's just rows upon rows upon rows of different fences that have been built when people have tried to escape like cutting them and stuff like that they don't bother repairing it they just build another fence around it and then they build another one so it's just this like row after row after row after row of all these different you get metal fences you get wooden ones you know you get ones of like corrugated iron so it's all of this like so it's a more of a heightened reality concentration camp, a little bit science fictiony rather than sort of, uh, you know, World War Two. We're not talking like yeah. yeah, the Great Escape style, yeah, uh, yeah. actual nitty gritty <laughs> concentration camp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, you're right. It doesn't even have to sort of be. It could be on another planet. You know, we're playing with oh, like toying with the ideas. Now, of, now you've of, excited me. Hey, you know how, yeah, now I'm, you know I'm, what to do. Just I'm take your idea, this. put it on another planet. That's it. I'm in. Just put it in space. <laughs> put it in space. <laughs> in space. I mean, it worked for it worked for my fence. It worked for fence three. Yeah. Fence three or fence thirty three was them in space. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be the compound, by the way. You know, on the moon, fence thirty three. Anyway, oh, definitely, sorry. Definitely. Sorry. Go on, Ryan. They're but in the, the same universe. Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> so it, just, I think the idea of this, and I think, um, and everyone sort of segregating their groups, and I think it, it needs to be quite a like a quite a brutal film. I think something I wanted to be a female protagonist. She gets sent to this concentration camp, um, and it's sort of maybe like concentration camp, re-education camp. Like I don't know exactly what the um, antagonists are trying to do with the people in here. That so I can throw an, an idea at you there. So I'm not sure if you guys have read the uh, the series of books that Altered Carbon is based on. Yeah, I read uh, so, the first one uh, and the second yeah. one. Yeah. So in the second, so you'll, you'll probably pick up on this. In the mm. second book, they're on a planet which is basically in the middle of a corporate war. Mm. And essentially what you've got is huge mega corporations fighting a full-blown planetary war over access to really valuable um, archaeological artifacts. And in the middle of this, you've got these displaced people, the residents of the planet, who are put into these camps. Um, and it's for no other reason than just to contain them away from the fighting. Yeah. Just in the and way, yeah. Aesthetically, mm. that's kind of what I'm picturing here. You've got people okay. who were mm. just living there, doing their thing, and they just got swept up in the middle of someone else's problem. Mm. And now they're kind of, yeah, they're displaced and they, they are looking for a way back to whatever life yeah, they had before. Yeah, exactly. They're not an antagonist well, to any kind of force. They're just mm. in the way, you know? Yeah, well, I think yeah. that, that definitely touches on something I sort of written. So I think that I don't, I, I maybe the, because it's so brutal or something, that's why this woman wants to escape. Maybe she has a reason to be out like to do something to um, a reason to escape or something like that. But I think she needs to start to realize it. I like the idea that she's an architect. So that's why she can figure out what the sort of differences between the fences are, the buildings, like how to get out. Can find um, the weaknesses. Exactly. Mm. And she can do, she works like that. I think maybe, maybe her first plan gets messed up. She gets caught. She gets like thrown in a, in like solitary or whatever. And that's where she sort of comes up with this other idea. I like the idea she meets a cryptologist who will then help her um, 
with I actually uh, I went to an escape room once and they said the fastest time was by an architect and a cryptologist because they just figured everything out really quickly mm, and they just like did it in 20 they minutes. They formed like a good partnership with their skills. Yeah. So I like the idea of that and then she helps the cryptologist helps her keep keep the plans hidden and like you know all the different fences this one needs this you know we need a tool to get this we need to this part is rotten because it was the first part to be built so the the this or the the they get you know maybe talk to a geologist and they're like well the rocks in this area are really soft this is clay this is whatever space clay and um so it's weaker so you can dig under in that one so it's like getting this whole plan together you know I, there's definitely got to be a snitch there's always a snitch could He's it even have been that she she does unknowingly in her previous life as an architect designed some of the components of That's this camp, cool. not knowing, and then she comes across something and goes, "I know exactly where, like where mm. the weak points are in here." And it's like, "How do you know?" Because I designed it. Mm. Yeah, and then that's Listen, some this distrust because into- then people are like. What you designed it like? Yeah, you know, it's your fault we're mm-hmm. here. Kind so of that's thing. perfect. Like, well, I think I think that's that links into exactly what I was thinking while I was getting this flavor. It's like they they are all working for this corporation, and instead of being retired, or instead of being fired, or instead of being, you know, if they're causing too much trouble, um, they get moved to this camp. So everybody in this camp is maybe it's like a holding area in the civil service. They have this thing. Um, it's like a jobs pool and everybody goes there when they shut down a department and you get plucked out of the jobs pool, right? Um, I'm ham-fisting the explanation a little bit, but that's basically essentially what it is. So all these people are in a jobs pool, like waiting to come out and they, they all I, think I, they're no, going to go into the corporate be, thing. I want it to be more oppressive than that because that's too nice, man. That's like, oh, I'm that's just... We, no, but, we, we want it, that's we want to keep you alive. <laughs> yeah, and I think this, I think, uh, you know, the idea behind like the war on corporations, that's great. But I also don't, I think people shouldn't, like a jobs pool is like, well, I'll just go into jobs pool and wait to get picked out. These are people who are like being brutalized by guards. They're being thrown in here. They're being oppressed. Like it's not a happy place to be. That's why she wants to escape. She wants to get out. You know, she has to. I suppose she I was can't. thinking more like um, it's, they they think it's a jobs pool, but actually they're being sent but to the But it's camp. not. Right, so they so they're expecting. Oh, I'll just leave my post and I'll go and wait in this camp, because um, this the only reason was I was thinking to have an archi- architect, a cryptologist, um, uh, you know, people who are knowledgeable about different sort of types of, uh, uh, you know, you'd need somebody who knew about machinery or to, to contrive a lot of those roles. You'd need to have them come from somewhere. Yeah, but so, they don't have to be from the same place. If you look at what happened during the war, you know, with actual concentration camps, they weren't just one group of people from like one town or, or whatever they were different races they were different professions yeah um you know so i think that if everybody's from the same company like as you're suggesting it's like it's easy to have a revolt people already know each other i know in like big corporations mm. you can meet different people from different groups and you don't know who they are but i just i like the idea of it it not just being that one secular thing because then you get mm. different people from different plans from different companies the fact that if she was in this company and as as rowan mentioned I built this, I know what it is, then everyone would know that. Everyone wouldn't have that knowledge of who she was or whatever. Mm. So I think mm. breaking that away, making it sort of quite, having to cobble together this team of people, you know, a, a con man or a or a, a salesperson even, who can be good with the guards, who can like get some, you know, who can 
uh, get something into the prison, find something, you know, mm. the the handyman or whatever. I mean, I, I know I'm just making this sound like actually they all probably do work in the same building, but um, just <laughs> no, but I was just thinking like, like, like almost like Borderlands, you know, you have this huge cut, cut, like, planet wide company and people are plucked from. Mm. So, so not quite, not quite um, from the same office block. I was thinking more like Hyperion or something from Borderlands, but okay, so. Um, how would you differentiate this then? So the idea of the fences, I love. I think that's a really fantastic visual and a great sort and of it, crux for one of these the one type sort of lo-fi sort of uh, oppressive sci-fi's, right? Um, mm. But how would you differentiate it from a regular a a regular escape movie and b a regular um, sort of something that is actually about real life, like a concentration camp movie? You don't want to be too close to that because you're not making one of those. How would you differentiate it from those? What's the spark? Well, the, What's the, the big thing, the big plan for me was, because I, I thought actually, oh, I could just make this a bad prison. And then I was like, you know what? Prison escape movies are a dime a dozen. Like I mm. need, I think mm. it needs to be something that's a bit more cutting. And you know, people, people obviously think badly of that. So I think the, the, the way that it needs to differentiate itself is, this is going to sound really awful, but you need to give everybody the glimmer of hope, right? You need to give everybody that she's working this plan. They figured out the fences, the snitch gets stitches or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, like that, the, 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 everything is going really, really well. Maybe the escape works off without a hitch. And I think the final fence is either just like a ravine and they can't get out of it or it's a mass grave. And then they're just like, this is Ooh, what happens so to people like you who try and escape. That's why we build another rang rung of fences. That's why we do this sort of thing. And, and so the last shot is the last fence being built as the camera pans out. Yeah. And, it, and it's just like, that's it. And then they, and it's an mm. interesting allegory for like, f you know, instead of fixing something that's broken, just building around it and hoping that that solves the problem. Like there's that ideology behind it as well. I would I just, plumb for I this. I don't like it to be, I don't want it to be mm. a happy ending, man. I want it to people to mm. just be like. Very existential. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would suggest this then, because we've never had a short film um, being pitched, but that strikes me as a very, very good short film. A very, yeah. very good short film. Hmm. I don't know how you yeah, so because you because you could make it, yeah. In in and then you and then actually, if it's a short film, you don't have to worry about explaining like about the corporations, about that exactly. sort of stuff. No, none of that. Yeah. She's yeah. in the, she's in the camp. Something maybe someone she knows or something like that gets killed, and then she's like, I, I fucking cannot be here. I have to mm. escape. I'm a smart person. Here, yeah. I know that mm. there are weaknesses. No building is built perfectly. I can mm. find its weaknesses. You and can get away with not action? having to explain. Is this a live action or is it as in with people or is this an animation? I'm picturing almost like animatrix style. Yeah. That's, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I think it was, was it Aeon Flux or something? Or, like or, uh, or sort of Persopolis or something that, that has a very, so a, a, an art style maybe unique to a different country rather than what we're used to seeing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like Aeon Flux perhaps. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, that's good because then you, or you have sort maybe. of. Like yeah, I, I was for um, Scanner Darkly. Yeah, what mm. there was to, actually, Rowan, you mentioned it earlier in um, Love, Sex, and Robots. There was one of the guys who was like, it was like an animated, and it was um, like live action. So it was like hand drawn, but everyone looked like they had their faces painted, sort yeah. of like anime style. I kind of mm. remember. I mean, 
all the episodes are different for different people, but something like that, like a very interesting new weird art style. But as a short something movie, very stylized. Because mm. mm, as a short movie, mm. it'd be great because they're in something bad happens, she needs to escape, and then it's like soz, no happy ending. Mm. Do one. I'll take my Cannes Film Festival mm. or my Sundance Award, <laughs> and then get. And out then it's here. interesting you talk about like a Scanner Darkly because that was a very much a similar kind of. At the end, it closes out, and you're just like, wow, everything's kind of shit <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's it's so rare to have something that ends with that kind of hammer blow of just like leaving you like i refuse to give you the payoff that you're waiting yes for. Mm. yeah yeah exactly. and and it's funny because talking about even about crime films um the big one that there's lists of like films where i wanted the bad guy to succeed there's a film with Joe Butler, Law Abiding Citizen, where people want him to succeed at the end. You know, they wanted that because of maybe because of who he is, because he'd just come off of 300. Um, and that's always found that list. So, but you have that hope throughout the whole thing. And then you realize, oh, actually, hold on a minute. He's actually doing awful things. And, you know, the law wins out in the end. But mate that's not what happens here it's like mm. your people are oppressed you've got no chance and the reason you know the next thing that you oh god i just thought something awful what if like the their like body is like used as the foundation of the next fence, fence. yeah yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. actually that's probably not that's too far from the truth in certain what circumstances happen, yeah. to be fair mm-hmm. um yeah thanks Ryan I want to say that's a great idea um it's a great it's- pitch <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah. it's a great it's a great pitch but a terrible, it was a very sad idea but but that doesn't you know i think it's important sometimes to reflect um and also a gr- probably a great starting piece for uh or calling card for a new voice you know maybe an oppressed minority or oppressed people they might feel something in this it might be their directorial debut you know for a short film i think it's one of those them. films it's one of those films where people will it, it will it will get into Sundance and what's that other one that in like um, in Spain Rain Dance, Rain Dance. I think it will it will get Sidges. into Sundance. Yeah, it will get into Sidges. It will get into Sundance. It will be liked by by independent critics, I think, but not by major mm-hmm. ones. And I think it will people will begin to realize the sort of the deeper meaning of of how it relates to our day to day lives. I think it's something that would get a reaction either way. Like you'd be yeah. guaranteed that like mm-hmm. it's, I hate using the word polarizing cause it's overused, but it's something that you wouldn't be able to leave it unaffected. So we've had three fantastic pitches uh, from Dan, Ryan and Rowan. Before I pick a winner, um, I just wanted to, uh, we mentioned in a previous episode and earlier on in this episode that Rowan actually gave us his pitch for Bob, for Bob Disposal, his own title pitch. Um, and he threw it in our uh, Facebook and it was quite detailed. It had dialogue. It had, you know, it was, it was a fairly robust pitch to which I'm, I'm grateful for. And of course, it's, it's lost now in the transition from a, a group to a page um, on Facebook. But I'm hoping to put it in as a contender for a wild card. Um, so I wondered if we could, with your permission, Rowan, um, I, I've got it up here. If I just work through it, and then maybe you can just tell me if you've uh, if it still resonates with you. Absolutely. I was going to say I I can't remember everything I wrote in that Facebook post, so I'm glad you've got it saved there. <laughs> well, we'll. Um, I'm I'm hoping to enlist the help of Dan, um, who is an actor, 
who can hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> just setting the bar high. Um, who can hopefully do some of the dialogue in the, in, in the middle section um, to this. So, um, right. So you post it in March um, after you listen to Bob Disposal. Um, and this was, your, this was your pitch back then um, for your idea for Bob Disposal. It starts... One day, whilst doing his rounds early in the morning, Bob notices a large parcel fall out of one of the bins he's collecting into the back of the garbage truck. Thinking that it's odd for a still-wrapped parcel to be thrown out, he fishes it out before turning the crusher on just in case it's something someone threw out accidentally. He sees a letter taped to the paper that reads, Greetings, Bob. I knew I could count on you looking out for these people. Never mind that they only consider you good enough to take away their garbage. Well... Now you are going to have to save them. This parcel is a bomb, and there are six more hidden along your route today, each one more powerful than the last. You're the only one who can stop them all from detonating at midday today. I'm watching you, Bob. If you call the police, I'll detonate the bombs. If you put them anywhere but your truck, I'll detonate the bombs. If you tell anyone else... I'll detonate the bombs. If you can find them all and get them in the truck, you just might be able to save a lot of people, Bob. But ask yourself, would any of them do the same for you? Almost paralysed with fear, Bob carefully places the parcel into the back of the truck. Looking around nervously, he walks quickly to the driver's side window and tells his bewildered driver to go home. No questions. Shaken, Bob climbs into the driver's seat. Trying to breathe deeply and calm himself, Bob looks at himself in the rearview mirror and says quietly to himself, it doesn't matter if they do the same for me. What matters is I'll do it for them. Very nice. Rowan. Quality. What a great, Quality. What a great pitch, Great, man. great pitch. I, I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It still holds up, does it? Yeah. Only if Dan plays the bad guy. Great acting. <laughs> <laughs> like Kiefer Sutherland on the end of the phone. I'm all good with it. It's it great. Good. It was real good acting, man. I love that. I was like, oh, I'm feeling it all. <laughs> Poor Bob, man. I'm really, yeah. You just got to get close to the microphone. That's all good acting is. <laughs> is that, how is that what is it is? Yeah. Mm. Close up to the camera or close up to the microphone, right? Exactly. So does it, does it, do you, where would it go from there? Uh, we're all dying to know, Rowan. Like, so what, 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 I suppose the way I initially pictured it was almost like uh, speed. Uh, mm. you know, obviously much slower paced garbage yeah. truck ain't going to hit 50. Um, but he has that, that, uh, the unseen villain kind of taunting him along the way. Um, but almost that, I don't know if you, this may be a reference that goes completely over everyone's head. Cause it's very much an Australian one. There was an Australian film called Kenny and it was about a guy whose business was, uh, providing portaloos to events. And he was just this lovable everyman. And what you loved about him was that he had a, quite literally a shitty job, um, <laughs> but he understood that it had a purpose and he wasn't ashamed of it. And I feel like Bob is that same kind of character. Like, yeah, he's a garbage man, but he sees it as like, well, I'm doing this job because no one else wants to do it. Mm. And he takes that same approach to getting these bombs. He's like, well, it's just, I'm the one who's got to do it apparently. And he doesn't concern himself with, why him or who this bad mm. guy is I, I i like that idea of his only concern is i need to stop this bad thing from happening and so you yeah in a way it's like speed but mm. without any of that concern of oh who's doing this to me i need to solve the mystery yeah. he's just yeah. very a simple person with a heart of gold 
again, uh, there's the, the running theme here of a guy who's in completely over his head, uh, <laughs> has no idea what he's doing, um, and kind of bumbles his way to succeeding. And I almost like the idea of him accidentally helping the police solve who this person is. And at mm. the end, he's thoroughly mm. surprised to find out they actually caught the guy. Yeah, yeah, that was not even remotely his concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just happy to uh, to and, and 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 like something heartwarming at the end where the people in his neighborhood learn what he did and they become more thankful of Bob. And then when he does his rounds in the morning, they you know they wave to him from mm. the from the front room or something like that. And Bob Bob does finally feel like he's you know a valued member of the community, even though he never really worried about it before. Mm, mm. There's another Lovely. dimension that is unearthed. Yeah, where, you know, all, all good yeah. feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, thanks, Rowan. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a fantastic idea and a great pitch. I'm really grateful. Thanks for letting us uh, read it out and recall no, no it. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we're looking for any pitches on any of the titles you hear. Um, there's, there's no, we're under no illusions that we come up with the best ideas. Um, <clears throat> we just throw the title out there and do our best. And we want to hear uh, from you guys at home. We want to um, hit us up on all of our social media um, and give us your interpretations or, or even your disputes. I mean, do you even have a better actor than we've put in? Do you have a better storyline or a better ending? Um, we want to hear from you. So um, put it in our socials and we'll give you a shout out if we can. So as always, three dynamite pitches. I don't have um, a pitch for uh, Fence this this week. Um, I... I just I thought it'd be better to focus on everybody else's ideas. I did. I'm not going to come up with one if I haven't already come up with one. Um, and quite frankly, I'm completely amazed. Th this is what I love about Slash Tube. I love that you someone will think of fence immediately as being one thing, and then some person will think of fence immediately being something else. Um, and then even if it's obvious to one person, that doesn't mean that the idea has to be obvious afterwards either so um you know rowan's pitch initially for a reverse heist movie uh that starts with a house and ends with nothing uh with these lovable plebs navigating the criminal underworld to actually get rid or fence uh a, some goods from a super thief played by obviously dame helen mirren um, who is the pulling the strings choice. the entire time. The only choice. Um, what a fantastic uh, uh, interpretation from the title Fence. Um, after we had Dan's pitch, uh, Fence... Listen, we've never had an acronym, by the way, a title being broken down to an acronym. And I love an acronym. I'm all for an acronym. It could actually... That could be the deciding factor for me. If it's as, soon as, I, as soon as I heard Dan say that, I was kicking myself. I know, right? It's so disgusting for an acronym. It was in all caps in the email as yeah. well. It was there for me. It was, it was, it was dying for an acronym, wasn't it? The, the first, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first English network for crime fighting education. Is that what it was, Dan? The first English network for fi crime fighting education. Correct. Okay. Um, all English heroes. I love that. I love taking uh, different tones, different disparate tones, and seeing these metahumans... Um, being contacted by other young people to support other young people and stories about young people. I think that's really, really important. Um, seeing Britain in the absolute melting pot that it is, the, the, the whole sort of north and south, east and west of Britain, um, and finding all of these disparate uh, non-linear worlds colliding at certain points where different 
directing styles or art styles or styles of cinema and all these sort of different styles mesh together in you know what is unquestionably for example what is something amazing about london is 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 that so if, if, if that's i'm plumbing that that to be the place where they all meet is the melting pot of the city because there mm -hmm. is something beautiful about that um i absolutely love that idea um and we had uh ryan's idea taking the the darkness uh, of a concentration camp um putting it on the moon or in space which of course i love um but keeping that darkness in there so distancing itself from perhaps our current politics or our past politics, but still um, bringing it much closer to uh, the, the, the human experience and, and some, the darkness that can sometimes inhabit the human experience. Um, maybe it's, uh, you know, I, I absolutely adore the imagery of having multiple fences um, of different kinds and then when it gets destroyed a new one is just built around it rather than being patched up I mean that's just that's phenomenal mm. um, imagery um, and the idea of it possibly being a short film or possibly being a calling card for, for a director that that needs to express themselves I think that is that's that's really something special making making a decision is incredibly difficult uh, and and I have I have made a decision and I'll just explain why um, all the tension <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I need to get green lit for that sequel. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, I would love to hear at a later date or, or in any possibility at all, um, you to express some missing elements or some depth to your idea. Like I loved, I'm going to go with Ben Scriven on this, but like I loved, I loved the potential in it, but I felt like there's something missing to make it uh, excel past the other two ideas. I think the imagery is fantastic. I think the approach you took was bold, um, but there's something missing. And I'm happy for maybe people to even pitch, you know, in social media where they think, hang on a minute, Sean, you're wrong. Ryan, hashtag Ryan was robbed. I think this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna improve this idea or, or rather um, sort of support the idea. Um, which brings me to Dan and Rowan's ideas. This is, this is the trouble. We had Ben on and he discussed this, he said something quite intelligent and, and quite gentle. He just said, um, these intellectual properties are very good. He was very, very complimentary about some of the ideas we were coming up with. He said, you don't always want your best ideas to go through because they, they rise to more prominence. Um, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to take Dan's idea and Rowan's idea, and I'm going to say, um, Rowan, I want to make your idea. I actually want to make it. So... Whilst I'm gonna, whilst I think Dan's idea wins, because there's something very powerful. It's in a that. backhanded win again, Sean. Oh. What did I? Which is basically what? saying did I? I like Rowan's better, but because I like Rowan's better, you get to win. Is what you're saying? <laughs> is that what you're, just to, to sum up well, what maybe. you just said there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rowan, what I genuinely want to do is I want to with you and with some of the other crew with Slash Tube and with some other, maybe even some people at home if they've got some ideas, I want to uh, write you, Fence. I want to write it, right? I think so you're the actual idea. winner here, Rowan, is that you've walked away with like a script and I've walked away with a... You're well the done. you're the indie you. darling that gets the awards, but no one watches. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy who cranked out the same old shit and made millions. <laughs> and I walked away with a knife in my back. <laughs> well, in your front, really. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, yeah. No there was no hiding that. Um, so I just want to say, I'm re Rowan. 
like I always feel bad when a guest um, doesn't win, but I th but I and I mean this with my with all of my heart. Um, f your idea for fence is something that can absolutely be made, and it's such a fantastic idea, and it, it has all the beats in it already. You can just see it fully formed, like the way this train terminates came out, or even Bob Disposal. By the end of the pitch, it's a full script. You just have to fill mm -hmm. in the details. I feel like um, I'm the Michael Bay in this situation. I'm never going to win any <laughs> awards, but my films come out and they make box office because I put yeah, lots of explosions in it. Yeah. Who cares whether you win awards? The lowest common denominator movies. Yeah. <laughs> and so cool for that, that uh, yeah, I, I hoped you would be wrong because because I honestly loved your idea. And Dan, you're right. I don't want to be um, disparaging about your idea. Um, it t it touched something in me. I thought this is this is something I've never seen before. Now, whilst it's something that we can't make ourselves at this mm -hmm. level certainly not at present it's it touched something in me and i thought this is the sort of thing that the world needs and the thing i i would love to see um i'll and... take that sean thank you <laughs> so don't, it's not a, uh this feels like a genuine victory because i was quite proud of that the pitch, series actually, the series we so. need not the series we deserve exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'm the movie we deserve exactly that's <laughs> the terrible people we are <laughs> Whereas yours is the one listen, we need to fix that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't be surprised if you see a Kickstarter, probably for both, but don't be surprised if you see a Kickstarter for Rowan's Fence. Somewhere down the line, audience, you'll see mostly, a Kickstarter for this. Mostly to raise the money to get uh, Dame Helen Mirren in. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. the biggest hurdle that's to entry all I think the we've budget. got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or someone who looks like her. You know, we'll just take yeah. a looky-likey. Yeah. You know? So I hope, I hope that hasn't upset anyone because... Anyone, listen, the one who gets their film turned into a trailer, we always joke about this, but they're really the loser because that trailer is going to be <laughs> like terror brilliant. Um, whereas, uh, you know, anyone who doesn't go forward, their idea is still valuable. And in, I've been very clear about this time that I love your idea, Rowan. So thank you for coming on board. Thank you for giving uh, us your Bob Disposal idea. We'd love to have you back at some point, either for the wild card or when we have a, an episode where we bring the audience's... Uh, ideas back around um we'd love to have you back if if, if you'd be absolutely interested yeah i'd be happy to um and you've got um you've got to spotify channel haven't you yeah yeah so basically uh i guess like everyone else the past few months i've spent a lot of time cooped up inside uh so decided to get back into music production which is sort of my my first love um so yeah recently put out uh, an ep on spotify so the, the artist name that's under is R-A-K. That's all as capitals and with the, the full stops in between the initials. And the EP is called Reconnected. Uh, if you see an artwork that is basically a white background with a red-headed guy on it, uh, <laughs> you've, you've found the place. Uh, yeah, so if you feel like a, a bit of a mishmash of musical styles, much like this was a mishmash of uh, movie genres, uh, <laughs> then it's, it's probably going to be right up your alley. And I've, uh, I've I've listened to listened to EP and it's really good and sort of Rowan being um, in in the sort of my friend circle we were he was bouncing the tracks off of us and we were all sort of working together so it wasn't it was as much like a good way to get people connected reconnected mm. if you will in uh, mm. <laughs> during the quarantine yeah oh, thanks, thanks very much. much so as we mentioned earlier you can find us at Twitter at Instagram we've got a Facebook page a Reddit community that's all going to be at slash Duke. Yeah, we really want you guys to get involved. We've said it a few times in this episode already, but um, reach out to us anywhere. We're, we're more than happy to chat to you and we'd love to get you on as well. If you're interested um, in films and nerd culture, great. But if you just like to throw ideas around, you don't have to be knowledgeable in film too deeply. I mean, every so often, unbeknownst to you, we do pause it and look up a few actors sometimes. 
Um, you know, we're just here for uh, for collaboration. That goes for you, my mother-in-law. I know you listen to this every, every time. And I <laughs> you know just you, really freaked she, her out. Every episode, I get a really lovely, really full critique. And, and it's really wonderful. So I actually, maybe we should get her on because I think she'd... She has some cracking ideas. And actually, in the links to each of these episodes, uh, I cultivate a list of the actors in the film. So if you're not much of a film buff and you're not too sure who we're talking yeah. about, check out those IMDb lists. They are well put together. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he does say so himself. Of course um, I do. I'm not, I'm not averse to having like a mother-in-law special. I'm not averse to having your... I, I absolutely adore your child, Dan, and I, I would be yeah. happy to have a child special. You know, I, I, if, if that would be fantastic that. because kids' ideas right? would be insane. To be fair, his pitch would be Spider Man, Iron Man, <laughs> and Batman, and the Flash breaking mm-hmm. some Lego and putting it back together again. Great. I mean, I would watch that. That's yeah, basically the so. next Lego movie, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> isn't that exactly what Lord and Miller did. <laughs> yeah. So it just leads me to thank our guest, uh, Rowan. Rowan, thank you very much for coming on board today. Uh, thanks for having me. Good times. And sharing Absolute your ideas. Pleasure. Yeah, it was wonderful, man. Thanks a lot. And uh, Dan and Ryan, thank you very much, you two. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sean. Cheers. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah.